Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. Goodness sakes. There's a lot of excitement in this room. I was telling Steve this. I don't know how many of you were here back when the church met ABC building. And uh, when you guys had one service in there, do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is this is how it feels right now. This is very exciting. Very exciting. Well, hello. Good to see you. It's been a year since we were here last. And uh, thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks, Mom. Uh, there's just so much good stuff that's been going on. A um, couple things. Uh, first thing is uh, there's, a, there's a new book called Business of Honor. Uh, me and a friend, Bob Hassan, wrote this book. It is, it is really, if you are an entrepreneur or a business leader, this book is for you. You need to, you need to read this book. This has a, uh, it's, the first chapter is, is fun. It's, it's a compare and contrast between uh, Guinness Beer Company and um, Enron. And how the success and failure of two enormously different but uh, powerful corporations uh, really were separated by their culture. And their culture is really separated by their leaders because leaders create culture. And so um, just the first chapter in this book kind of sets the tone for the process of uh, this is my buddy's personal journey. I just added a bunch of honor stuff to it, but um, it, is, it is a great book, and it's getting great reviews. And is there someone here in their early 30s who is an entrepreneur? Why don't you, why don't you ma'am, there in the back, you. Yes, you, you there in the back, yes. Yes. What's your name? Kim. Kim, Kim why don't you come get this book? I just going to get this book. <laughs> Yes, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome. If she'd have come out of that chair any harder, she'd have dented that ceiling. I, wow. Okay. I see that hand. Good, good, good. Um, so much going on. Um, let me, I normally would tell uh, or have a video right here, but I'm just going to tell you about this. Uh, this is the Loving Our Purpose Life Academy. This has uh, everything that we do is now available online, meaning that there are facilitated tracks. We have, I have groups of people that are moving through these lessons together. It's a way to study online. So it's instead of just you know buying something at a back table or 
you know, downloading it, you can actually go through a course online with our facilitators and then at the same time be in a group with other people that are going through it. And so it's, it's more online group learning kind of stuff. And uh, that mixed with, or the, uh, another piece of this is uh, something we call culture and conversations. And culture and conversation is where I show up and uh, it's a, a group of us that go through and we talk about all these things that we're learning. Uh, I would recommend that you do the, the uh, education courses first and then jump into this culture and conversations piece. But it is a community of a, of a few hundred people at this point that are just talking about how do we keep our love on? How do you create a culture of honor? How do people help people? How do we define a relationship? How do we love our kids on purpose? How are we doing this stuff? And um, I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. One being, this is the best way for me to get to you. I can't be everywhere all the time, so, but, but somehow the internet can. And so I just, you just come to me. You just come to me. The other thing is this. I am, I am trying to replace myself. I am looking for people that are carrying a message. You're carrying the message to leadership cultures, to families, and to relationships. It's something that you want to do with your life. It's something that you're currently practicing some way. Maybe you're a, a school teacher, a life coach, a pastor, a social worker, a, a, you know, whatever, a counselor. I don't know what you're doing currently. But I remember in the early days of helping people, I just traveled around. I had a box of books in my car and a projector. And or I remember when we were doing overheads. Remember overheads? I was doing overheads. Those were my first slides. You know, I was just had a box of stuff I was carrying around to schools, to um, parent groups, whatever it might have been. And I'm looking for what I call the Weaverville Dannys. I'm looking for the people that are doing that stuff, and I want to partner with you. I want to help you with um, any way that I can. And in some of those ways, it's it's uh, helping you build a platform. It's uh, co-authoring books. It's getting you on a stage in the conferences. It's all kinds of different things. But the place I meet you is at the Life Academy. I meet you in the culture and conversations. Because I'll come here, I'll go through here, and I, I, I won't get a chance to talk to everybody. And, um, but when I see you show up online and I see you helping other people... You pop out at me. If I don't already know you, you, that's how I meet you. And I currently am working with 15 different people from all over the world. And um, I hope to, by the time I punch my ticket and get off this planet, I hope to have helped 100 people get going. Because I want what the enemy has meant for evil, which is to unleash hell against families, against relationships, against leaders... I want to I replace the people that are strengthening those things far greater than I could do myself. So, uh, Life Academy, is uh, it, that may be for you. If, if you're just interested in growing in those areas, check it out. But if you're one of those people, please wave your hand at me. Put an emoji up there or something and say, hey, but I will find you. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Um, I have 
maybe shared this message in the school here where Blake and I and April and Sherry were trying to figure out, have I shared this here before? I don't even care if I have. You need to hear it again. Okay? Because we live in such a day that uh, this, is not, this is not a little topic. This is a pretty serious topic. It's pretty, uh, it has severe consequences getting this wrong. And um, I, I know that there, you know, there, was a, there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that, that unleashed in us uh, really a need for discernment. Previous to that, we could just walk like little children, just trusting our daddy and didn't have to worry about it. But now we do. We do have to know how to discern. Uh, one of the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the discerning of spirits. And, uh, you know, I, I think that what I, by the time we get out of here t- tonight, I, I want us just to be hungry to grow in this gift. Uh, it is, <laughs> it's one of those gifts, I don't know how this happened, but you remember when the, the gift of prophecy, I mean, if you've been a believer for more than 15 years, you, 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 you probably experience this. Uh, the gift of prophecy was for someone to stand up or to speak out loud enough so that everyone else would know about their sin. And maybe the gift of minister, the, the, the minister of the prophetic was pointing his gift at you. Nobody wanted the prophet to point him out. No, no. Yea, verily, verily, woe unto you. The Lord sees you stinking heap. You're like, oh, jeez. Like, I need a gift to point out that I have sin. No, that was no gift at all. I came... Ah, no gift necessary. I came in here knowing that, you know. I came in here knowing that. And, and, and since, you know, the renewal revival has unfolded on us, we, we actually begin to realize, oh, the gift of the prophetic to the body is actually to help find the gold in the mountain of dirt. It takes absolutely no gift at all to find dirt in a mountain. No, no gift at all. Well, discernment is, has worked much the same way. And, and, it, and it needs a transition because we, we've classically grabbed onto discernment like it is some sort of... Yes, I, I discern the evil about you. (laughs) Are you discerning it too? Yes? Both of us? Both of us. We are discerners. We have a gift to identify someone in the group that we give ourselves permission to separate ourselves from. I just want to tell you, that's not a gift. That's not a gift for you to give yourself permission to be scared of someone. And so maturing in love, maturing in these gifts really comes about as we, 
as we learn what it is that God is calling us to do. And what he's calling us to do is, is, is to grow beyond judgment and fear and separation. But in fact, to act like a body. Act like a body on this earth that, that resembles heaven. Bringing heaven to earth in, in, in that we are actually called to, to, to grow. Oh, this is great. This is, this is, I don't even need my glasses for this one. This is excellent. Thank, thank you to whoever did this. Kirk, was this your idea? This is to, to, to grow in, in love and, and, and knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. Somebody say excellent. excellent. Yeah, that you may approve, that you may grow in, may, that you may be able to see the things that are excellent that are happening, that heaven is doing on the earth. And that you may be sincere and without offense. Somebody say, without offense. offense. Yeah, without offense. Not capitalizing in offense. We're making babies cry now. (laughs) See, here's what happens. I don't know where we got permission to be offended by everything. We didn't get it from heaven. Because being easily offended. It's like having an organ backing you up here. I feel like being offended. is, is not a sign of spiritual maturity. It's actually a symptom of immature love. When I can afford to just reject our relational connection because you're not me, I got some growing to do. I got some discerning to do. I got some learning to do. So that we would be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Somebody say fruits of righteousness. righteousness. Which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so this is really where all this is heading, is that we are bearing fruits of righteousness. Or evidence that we are right with God. That we are actually influencing the people around us with the testimony that it is well with my soul. It is well inside of me. That, that there are symptoms of godliness running through my veins. And you get in on the benefit of his recalibration of my heart. And so I'm not tuning my life to this planet and then just echoing what everybody else is doing. I'm actually kind of an alien here. I'm actually kind of like somebody you've never met before. Whenever I read the letters that Paul writes to the Corinthians, I always think, these letters must have come wrapped in smoke. Because when Paul gets a hold of these Corinthians, man, he is holding nothing back. He, he, he says to him, he says, oh, 
I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And not, and not like beach babes, but like babies. <laughs> You're like, like poop in your pants babies, right? That's what he's talking about here. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. You are still carnal. Well, how in the world does Paul define carnal? Ready? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Where there is envy and striving, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal? Oh, I wish that I could talk to you as spiritual people. But I can't because of the envy and the strife and the divisions. See, this, this is what heaven is measuring. Heaven, heaven is measuring our maturity to love. The Apostle Paul is, is steering the Corinthians away from some of their just spectacular selfishness. I mean, with a capital spec. I mean, the guy is just, I mean, I don't even know I, poor Paul. He just got another letter from the Corinthians. Oh, Lord, what'd they do now? What did they do now? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? No, Paul and Apollos are great guys, they're leaders in, in the body, they're wonderful. They're godly. They're, they're not the leaders of the strife. They're not the, they're not the conductors of the division. They're not the ones who are trying to break this thing apart. See, there is a spirit at work that is, in fact, trying to break this apart. And this is where the gift of discernment or discerning of spirits comes in. Which spirit is leading me presently? See, we like to think, oh, the gift of discernment is so I can tell what's wrong with you. No, 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 no. The, the, the gift, the, the, the discerning of spirits starts with so that I know what spirit I am following. I can't do much about the spirit you're following, but on a good day, we can start right here. How about we start right here and I tell this guy what to do. <laughs> but it'd be good to know 
Who's influencing me? Do I even know? When Paul talks about the body, he talks about the gifts, when he talks about the government, all these things in 1 Corinthians 12, he's, he's, he's basically trying to say this. There's so much difference in the way that God manifests in people. It's undoubtedly going to be concerning to you. It is undoubtedly going to make you wonder who is wrong. Because as soon as we find somebody that isn't doing what we're doing, doesn't think like we think, doesn't need what we need, we think, oh my gosh, one of us is evil. I wonder which one it is. And so we start gathering support for our perspective, for what we think is right. That's right, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. Totally keep my God, amen. Praise the Lord. Are you discerning? Are you discerning with me? There's evil over there, isn't there? Why? Because they're different. When that happens in the body, when the body starts to judge itself and or attack itself. It's called an autoimmune disease. It's a disease. It's destructive. It's like diabetes or lupus, where the body attacks itself. And that is the seduction. That is the prince of the power of the air that would love nothing more then for those who are to discern excellence and love and to live unoffended, to get sucked into attacking the body. To be part of the problem. To take the whole and to chop it up. To take the whole and to reduce it. Heaven is trying to build up the whole body, build up the whole man, create a, create a, a mature oneness to present Christ to the world. But the Antichrist spirit is at work to tear it down. How many of you remember uh, Jeopardy? Very good. Somebody hummed that right into existence. Oh, we're not going that whole time. We're not doing the whole thing. We are not doing the whole thing. Alex, I'll take... uh, Mongolian war heroes for 800. (laughs) Where do they come up with all this stuff? I don't know. The game of Jeopardy was essentially just to take all of humanity and to divide it into little categories and then each of those categories into value slots, right? Whenever we take something 
and we, and we break it into categories, it makes information and dynamics more controllable. When we take categories, we take, when we take the whole and we bust it into categories, it, it allows us to manipulate information. It allows us to represent information. And presently, we have something that is assigned against us, that we as believers, if we are not discerning what's happening, then what we don't see is the enemy himself manipulating us into an autoimmune disease in the body. It's interesting that the, the Greek word kategoros is the word we get, it's where we get the word the accuser with a capital A. Categoros is also where we would get the word categories. So you think about it that the Antichrist spirit that is at war with the whole has simply one agenda, and that is if we can get the body to break into little parts and then assign the body to war against each other, we get to reduce the body of Christ to carnality. We get to orchestrate the saints to act like mere men. and thwart the work of God through his body. We need the discerning of spirits more now maybe than ever before because the, the rate at which information is shared in our day and age is lightning fast. And so you and I are making decisions all day long about which side we're on. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who deserves to be punished? Who deserves to be judged? Who deserves to be rejected? I can't think of a time when it's been as accelerated in information and fear the, the, the rate at which fear spreads is phenomenal. And, and believers are having a hard time really trying to figure out which spirit am I aligned with right now? It's not a new thing to chop people up into little categories. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking to the Galatians, he, he says in uh, chapter three, he says, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has perverted the way that you see and think? You have been deceived into believing a lie, a bunch of lies.
And then he begins to go after some categories. He begins to go after some categories. Now, in his day and age, Jew and Gentile, Greek and Jew was a big old deal because these are the race topics. This is, this is the race. There's the Jews who God talks to, and then there's everybody else. There's the Jews who God favors, and then there's everybody else. And now, the work of the cross has included all these other people. And the Jews don't even know what to do with it. They don't even know what to do with it. What a, how would we ever, how would we ever allow these people to preach? But it's been a long time probably since this church checked to see if it was a Jew or a Gentile in the podium. We don't even think about it anymore. Greek or Jew, seriously? Seriously. This, is, this was a big deal at some point? Greek and Jew was big enough to put it in that category? Yeah. It was a huge deal. If, and, if, and if Paul doesn't win this one, this thing could likely die in that generation. And so he goes to war to make sure that we understand that salvation has extended to the Gentiles. And then he goes on to say, and there's neither slave nor free. Now, there's probably not a person in this room who would say, gosh, I wish we could bring slavery back. No, we don't even think like that anymore. But at one point, this was, this was a real conversation. This was a real conversation. This next one here we're still struggling with a little bit. <laughs> and there's ne neither male nor female. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I got, I got some verses. You know, I, I got, what do we do about those? What do we do about that? And here's what Paul is, is saying to us that is so hard for us to hear today because we have been so drilled in our categories. But here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, there is no race. There is no class. And there is no gender. We are one. That's who we are. We are one. It's the work of the Antichrist spirit to bust us up into little categories, then turn us on each other to be afraid of each other and destroy each other or at least limit each other. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. There's really, there's two categories. There's really two categories. There's love and fear. And they are in a war with one another. And discernment helps me understand, am I standing in love or am I standing in fear? Because the decisions I'm about to make will manifest. They will manifest my partnership with one of those two spirits. Every day. Every day. There's no days off on this one. This is what we discern. 
What spirit am I of? I can tell when I'm being influenced by love or I'm being influenced by fear because there's either an affection that moves me toward or, or I offer compassion or kindness or there is behaviors that move me away from and then I build a case and I judge the case. I, I can see it. I know it. I know when love or fear are my motivation. And what we don't see and what we don't call, what we don't own is this Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ is the anointed one, right? Christ is not Jesus' last name, right? <laughs> there, is, there is the Christ, there is the anointed one. And then there is the anti-anointed. The anti-anointing. There are two forces on this planet at work. Two. Not 2,000. Two. And they are mortal enemies. And we get to decide where will my strength go? Which direction will my life go? What momentum will I create? I mean, everything on social media is this war. Everything. There, there are two forces at work here. Unfortunately, the prince of the power of the air, the Antichrist spirit, gets most of the airtime. It is interesting that you can do just about anything you want without persecution except follow Jesus. There's like one thing you can do wrong. There's like one group of people on the planet that it is okay. It is okay to oppress one group on this planet. That's the only one. Everybody else gets a go to social media jail card. <laughs> there you have it. There we have it. This is, this is Elijah and Jezebel in living color. In living color. You're connected to Elijah? We kill you. Kill you. You know Elijah? We kill you. You know where he is? We kill you. We chase you down. You oppose Jezebel? We kill you. We kill you. Read that story. It's awesome. 
It is playing out today. And you watch in the days to come, and not too far from now, there will be a showdown. There will be a showdown. And God is already showing up and saying, my hand of protection is right here. Nobody is going to touch this right here. And Jezebel is wondering what the, well, all those dogs are up outside her house. Discernment helps us know the source of influence that we have in our life. Discernment helps me know. Discernment helps me from just getting caught up and reacting in offense, reacting in, in mob mentalities. To refuse to be broken down into categories and to remember we are one, one in Christ. Though we are doing stuff so much different and we are built so much different, we are one. That is what the Spirit of God is saying to the saints. We are one. And I do not give myself permission to war against you. I do not have permission to forget that we are one. We are called to recognize this excellence of character, this excellence of love. And to put on display like Jesus did, that, that, that we would not be similar to everyone else. When James writes, who is, who is wise and understanding amongst you? Like sometimes we think we are so wise. We think that we are so biblical. We think that we are so righteous. But we get caught up. We get caught up in envy and, and divisions. We, we, get, we get pulled away by our emotions. We get pulled away by our fears, really. We just get pulled away by our fears. But at any point that we have bitter envy and self-seeking. We're not, we're not pulling heaven's wisdom into our lives. We're pulling earthly, sensual, demonic influence into our character. In the name of Jesus. I mean, for whatever reason, we live in a day. If you have fingers, you can be an expert. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And what's going on here is 
earthly, sensual, and demonic. And people are just spouting off the craziest stuff. And that's just the Christians to each other. That's just the Christians to each other. I would expect the world to be filled with envy and strife and bitter judgments towards others. I would expect the world to do that. But it starts here. The adjustment starts right here. That we are pulling godly wisdom. That we're pulling what looks like Christ into our interactions with others, especially, especially with each other. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, I, I, I could not talk to you like spiritual people. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't address you. I, couldn't, you, I cannot address carnal with spiritual. Because you're just resisting me in your mind. Your, your fear momentum is resisting me. But instead, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who know how to make peace. I don't fight fire with fire. I don't fight evil with evil. I don't have any excuses for turning my love off. I don't have any excuses for turning my love off. I don't. I just won't. Love and fear are mortal enemies. I don't have permission to turn my love off. And so I don't. So I live as a person, I live as a believer, I, I live as one who is who's pulling the excellence of character, of, of love to the earth, and I'm showing it to everybody. And that's, that's my assignment, that is my opportunity, that is my privilege. And that, that is how they will know we are disciples of Jesus himself, is that people will say, have you ever watched those people when they get together? Have you ever watched those Christian forums? Have you ever watched those Christian threads on Facebook? Have you ever watched those things? I've never seen people love each other the way those people love each other. It is the most impressive. What must I do to be saved? Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. I talk to you as spiritual people because I watch you worship. And I know where I am. And as I look around this room, I am so impressed with who's in this room. And I know that we are but a f fraction of a fraction 
in this room. But all we need is, is a mustard seed. All we need is a mustard seed. And we can, we can move mountains with a mustard seed. So put your hand on somebody next to you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love what you're doing in this place. We love what you're doing in our lives. We love what you're doing in this family. And now, Lord, we pray that you take us to another level. Lord, that we, that we hear your spirit talking to us, God. We see your hand of love leading us. We see your, your orchestrating us as one. And we join with you, God. And now, Lord, we, we ask you to give us an even, even greater revelation and realization of, of discernment of spirits, God. That we would be able to walk out of this place tonight even and know even a hint of fear that would be sent against us. And that we would... We would turn neither to the left or to the right, but we would pursue your love. We will listen for your love. At any point we get caught off guard, we get afraid, Lord, that we, first thing we are doing is looking for your love. Holy Spirit, lead us. Spirit of love, lead us. Lord, I pray that you make this place famous for love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.